Welcome to Lessons from Sweet Valley, the podcast where we re-examine the Sweet Valley High series one book at a time and determine what lessons, if any, we can learn from them. My name is Kat Thomas, and today we are discussing book 27, Lovestruck. My guest today is my wonderful and brilliant friend, Luz Gibson. Luz and I met at Columbia College Chicago, where we both studied film, and we were also later roommates with episode 18, Head Over Heels guest, Kate Boisseau. Now, this is our first Ken Matthews storyline today, and as many of you know, that is the Sweet Valley High quarterback. And even though me and Luz, we don't know much about football. But we do know about film school and its various personalities, which surprisingly does come up in this book. So please enjoy this very pro-jock episode of Lessons from Sweet Valley. Hi, Luz. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good, you know, hanging in there. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Just some basic stuff. Oh, yes, definitely. So my name is Luce Gibson, and I'm a producer. Uh, My focus right now is in television production or digital. So I work for an agency, and we create commercials. So I kind of just usher them from not so much development, but once like the creative concept has been approved all the way till you see it on your television. So that's what pays the bills. And then passion projects is I've been working on a feature film, developing a couple feature films beyond that, and then a TV series. So just trying to get the creative juices going. Fabulous. And you have two lovely daughters. I do. Oh, my gosh. How rude of me. I forgot about my family. I have a loving husband. And a husband, yes. And um, <laughs> and two incredible daughters who I love, and they challenge me in, in, in so many wonderful ways. Definitely, you know, you want to be, like, the best parent ever, but that's not always going to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, love my girls. They're super sweet. They're uh, three and almost a year old. Wow. Because we went to college together. We went both went to film school, which I am kind of comes up in this book a little bit, which I'm very excited to to discuss with you. <laughs> Same. I'm so glad yes. that you said that. <laughs> I was like, yes. Um, and we also were roommates. And yes. Yes. With- and you were one of my best roommates ever. Oh. You were so chill. I honestly, I, so, you're going to say, find this crazy but whenever um I see like brie cheese the individual wrap uh-huh. and a diet coke and uh wheat thins I'm like oh I think of you and sometimes I'll have that snack and, I, and I'm like this is an homage to cat wheat thins and diet coke yeah high high class taste for Super. you know and wh- while you were watching um whatever that chef show was the reality top piece. chef top chef I think brie cheese pairs very well with Diet Coke. I don't know. I don't know what the experts say, but yeah. And and our other roommate was, uh, I should say, episode book 18 guest, Kate Wiseau. So we have a full 9-11 Dakin. It's represented on the podcast. So I wanted to ask you, I don't actually know a lot about your high school experience and like you know this is a book about high school and like what were you like in high school Luz? Um so I'm glad you asked that because my high school experience was completely different than what's on the book. I feel like what's on the book is what I idealized as being like the perfect high school experience and I'm basing it off like pop culture like 10 things I hate about you mm-hmm. or any of those other like Uh, what's his name, John Hughes, like those movies where you see like these very affluent Caucasian kids living Mm -hmm. like this amazing life for the most part. And I was like, not a part of that. So but I loved my high school experience for sure. I went to predominantly black high school. And the way it worked in Florida is they redistricted so that the school would not be 100% um, of one race black. Uh So then I I went from like, I had to travel like 45 minutes to my high school. And oddly enough, I changed in in my junior year, we had moved. And my the high school that I was assigned to was like, almost like the Sweet Valley High, like maybe a step below. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't want to transfer. I was just like, no, I love my high school. (laughs) What did you like about it? I just loved... um, 
I felt like I could relate a lot more to the kids, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't feel as like self-conscious. We, we, I'm an immigrant. And so um, with this immigrant experience comes a little bit of like, um, not baggage, because I don't want to say that, but it, it can be a little bit challenging. We were poor. Mm-hmm. So I, I just felt very out of my element, uh, even when we would go to like visit these high schools or for like drama club or whatever, where with um at ely ely high school in pompano beach florida uh, i just yeah right i just felt like i felt like i belonged and it, it was like it was a really great experience for sure oh that's so nice to hear that's awesome yeah. and yeah had you read these books at all growing up no. no. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I did not read that much in high school. I was just like, not There's interested. No... <laughs> Honestly, I feel like once you get to high school, it's really all about like what you have to read. Exactly. A lot of assignments. And I'm like, I don't want to read for fun, yeah. which is silly. But I did watch the, um, the like the TV show. Yes. I watched some of it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess that was my first question is like, yeah, how was the experience for you reading the book and getting into this world and... Well, so first of all, it was really exciting that I could read a book in like two hours. I, I know that was possible. You feel so accomplished. <laughs> You're like, man, I read a book, a whole book today, like one day. <laughs> like, look at me. <laughs> but no, it was it was fun and it was entertaining. And yeah, I kind of like um, I, I related to Ken's character, which is kind of crazy. And we can go down that. Yes. Oh, later. yeah. But yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I was can... like, okay, I'm feeling you, Ken. I know the stress you're going through. <laughs> right? Uh, yes, we'll get it. Because I was having like some major flashbacks. <laughs> so the book starts, it's called Love Struck. But it starts as a lot of these books starts with the Wakefield twins at the pool hanging out. Obviously. Yes. And they're talking about an event that will kind of frame this entire book, which is the Sweet Valley Centennial Celebration. And part of the celebration, there's a parade, there's fireworks, there's a lot of special exhibits, and there's an exhibition football game and a picnic. And the exhibition football game is against the Palisades, Pumas, and it's one of those games where I feel like it's an... Sweet Valley's supposed to win. You know, it's like the homecoming game where it's like, it's kind of a formality, but they're supposed to win. <laughs> Otherwise, just because like the whole day will be ruined. <laughs> just... Exactly. Exactly. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> and Elizabeth is working on a special edition of the Oracle, the Sweet Valley High newspaper that will coincide with the celebration. So those are kind of our framing events as we go into this book. It's uh, the ramp up to this Sweet Valley Centennial lose. My God. Big, my God. Like that small town stuff in my head. I don't know how small this town is, but I'm like, wow, the whole town is like really getting into this. Totally. <laughs> they really are. Enter Ken Matthews. And this is our first story that focuses around Ken Matthews. So it's kind of nice to hear more about him. And he's a quarterback of the Sweet Valley High football team. So yeah, what do you think about your first impressions of Ken meeting him in this book? At first I was I was just like, man, he's just like a jock. Yeah, I guess, for lack of a better description. It's the classic like jock, not doing well in English. And then like, he's in danger of getting kicked off the team before this big exhibition football game, which is big deal. Yes. Because they're basically saying retros. Oh, sorry. Go on. Yeah. No, no, no. You go on. I said in retrospect, that's a lot of stress to put on a high school student. So much stress. Because <laughs> they're basically make, making it sound like if he's not the quarterback, the game's basically lost. Like, there's no way they can win. The backup quarterback, apparently, like, there isn't a thing. It's like him or nothing. So that yes. is a lot of stress. And that's the thing. I feel like you feel his stress piling on throughout this book and feeling like he doesn't want to disappoint anyone he doesn't want to disappoint the team doesn't want to disappoint his English teacher and and because yeah they have a meeting the English teacher the coach Ken Matthews and then Bruce Patman who's like the chairman of the centennial committee (laughs) whatever and yeah like the coach was kind of like hey Mr. Collins can you like make an exception for this game and he he puts his foot down loose yeah he did he did he I mean it was a compromise so, right, I, like he could have just failed. <laughs> that's true. He, yes, he did say we, there's a short story assignment due on Wednesday. If you do well on that, you're good. 
So you're yeah. right. It was kind of a comp. You're right. <laughs> you could have just been like, no, you're already out. Don't even try. <laughs> so that's the big assignment. Ken, he's got to write this short story for Wednesday. Yes. And then at this time, we also meet Ken's girlfriend, Suzanne Hanlon, who we have not met before in any other books. And yeah, <laughs> how would you describe Suzanne Lewis? I mean, she was pretty stuck up, kind of like Elizabeth throughout the team, like Jessica throughout the book would be like, oh, she's so snobby. She's so full of herself. Yes. And then Elizabeth would be like, well, I don't really know her. Yes. And I kind of want to kept on giving her like a chance. Yes. But yes. ultimately I'm like, hey, this girl's so annoying and controlling. Yes. She's like very pretentious. That was the word that kept popping into my head where, you know, she has this like aura of like, I'm so cultured. The things that I'm into are like important and historically significant and pompous yes and the first thing I was like how did these two get together in the first place (laughs) I mean based on like the cover he's pretty cute he's like he's like Barbie or like I mean his name is Ken which is ironic but he's like you know literally Ken boy (laughs) yeah totally totally a big part of this book is her kind of trying to push her interests on to him. Maybe she likes having a project. Who knows? Yeah. And and she also was very, like, belittling to him. I mean, yes. clearly football is, like, his passion. Yes. And you can't take that away from somebody, even if you don't necessarily are interested in that. But she just kept, kept on treating it like a hobby. Yeah, didn't value sports, didn't see them as anything worthy of commitment or passion or anything like that. Because Ken was – he is really trying to – get interested in what she's interested in. So he's trying to make that effort. They went to a Sweet Valley Orchestra concert and right. he almost fell asleep. She gave him she gave him a CD, right? Yes. And he was like Or a tape, whatever yeah. they were listening to back in the day. <laughs> yeah, it's a cassette tape. And then like cassette he's tape. in the car driving and then he like ejects Mozart and like puts in his like rock music. And Suzanne like didn't like rock music. She thought there it was tasteless and she just she had a very narrow idea of what she thought was important as far as culture. It makes you wonder. I mean, for me, their relationship was really superficial, right? Yes. Like, I think she was with him maybe because he was hot or who knows what the reasoning is. Because yeah. she had no interest in sports. So it's not like she wanted to date a quarterback. And right. he was with her. I think he was a little fascinated by the money, even though he was like self-conscious. I mean, I think there's an underlying yes. tone that there was like this level of like admiration about that because like the culture thing he kept going back to like she's so cultured but like what does that really mean like what high school kid is like yeah yeah let's rock out to some Mozart (laughs) I got a real cultured girlfriend over here no I think you're totally right there was one part where he goes over to her house and they talk about how big her house is and he says that he felt so good knowing that someone who lived in a house like that was interested in him and so I think that, yes, I think there was a little bit of that. And at one point, Ken talks about how he loves how passionate Suzanne was when she would talk about the things that she cared about. That, like, passion is very appealing. So whether it's someone passionately talking about Shakespeare or passionately talking about football strategies, and I think that is is the attractive thing to me sometimes. Definitely, definitely. The whole, like passion thing yes he's obviously very clearly passionate about football and yes you know I think a lot of us in high school at least I was just like not passionate about anything so it's nice to like meet someone who who has that passion he was like very passive and maybe like uh some would say a pushover especially when it came to her and and the scheduling thing I don't know oh yeah let's talk about that next that stressed me out big time so anyway (laughs) but I think he was also using her as a crutch to not get these things accomplished interesting okay so let's talk about Ken's Wednesday is the due date it's currently Mm -hmm. Monday so Monday Elizabeth also, we should say, has offered to help Ken because, I mean, Ken's, when he talks about struggling with writing, I feel like it is so relatable. Writing is hard. I mean, it's It's so hard. So freaking hard. You know, when you've heard the term like writer's block, and I'm not a writer, but like, 
man, when you do try to write and you're like, what am I trying to say? Yeah. It's like you can't physically pull the ideas out. Like you wish you could physically do something. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like he can play football, no problem. But man, putting some words on a paper, that is challenging. So challenging. Super challenging. Yeah. yeah he definitely. says like, I, I can get ideas, but I don't know how to fill them out. You know, it's just, yeah, it's, it's tough. And so Elizabeth offers to help because she's a writer and she's like, I- I'm here. Words just like, you know, she just vomits. Beautiful exactly, words. <laughs> exactly. So Monday, Elizabeth is going to come over and help him. But also Suzanne has also asked if he, if Ken could come over to dinner at her house. So it's like, okay, right. that's Monday night. All right. And Elizabeth comes over and I thought this was an interesting approach. She was thinking that if she shows Ken kind of how she developed a story of her own that he could use that as a guide. And so she ends up giving Ken her notes and her outline and her finished story for a story that she had written about a boy who comes to Sweet Valley for the first time called The New Kid. (laughs) And she's like, here you go. Check this out. Please don't show it to anyone. I'm very, you know, private, private, and I haven't showed it to anyone yet. So please don't. And I mean, for me personally, Louis, like I imagine myself, if I had like a story in front of me, I know I just wouldn't be able to get that story out of my head. I almost wish you would have been like, what are some ideas you have? Let's flesh them out together versus like, here's my story. I just, I know I I wouldn't be able to like get it out of my head. I know. Maybe it was more of like, even though it was a wonderful gesture, obviously, by her to help him out, like, it might have like, messed with him even more. That yes, like, here's this wonderfully written story. Good luck with yours. Like, that's the thing where it's like, if I know I'm like insecure about something creative, I know sometimes I can't always go and read other things that are similar, even though it it's just when it gets in your brain it does. and then you're like, oh, maybe I should have that idea. And you're like, wait a minute. That's an idea that I just read. Yes. <laughs> yes. But Ken's, he seems to think it'll help. And then he goes out to Suzanne's for dinner. And this is just like the most pretentious wealth. I mean, I think we've now been exposed to that type of wealth. Yes. Like with all those reality shows of wealthy <laughs> people. So it's like, you know, you're like, oh, okay, they're super duper rich. But but even this level of wealth sounded like even beyond anything that we've been exposed to. Yeah, I mean, well, he comes to the door and like, he, butler. yeah, he's like, hi, Mr. Hanlon. And he's like, I'm Mason, the butler. Like, he's just like, oh, who are you? Side note, like, how long are these kids days? My God, like, <laughs> school, That's true. football practice, yes. English tutorial dinner i'm like what time are you eating dinner that's true it like stressed me out i was like that's a lot of activities in a day you need to be writing dude yes so yeah he's like he goes over to the handlands and i like this little side note about the butler where suzanne is like talking about the butler to ken and she goes um he looks mean but he's really an old sweetie when we were little and my brother and i used to play cowboys and indians we would always get mace in the to be the cowboy. You should have seen him with his silly little cowboy hat on tied to a tree out back. Suzanne laughed brightly. I was like, you know, Mason is just like, I hate these kids. <laughs> you know what, though? Okay, funny. You know, my mom was a nanny for yes. like, an uber rich family. And basically, she they have like a chef and my uncle ended up being their driver. Yes. Um, so not a butler, but He's like very serious. In Colombia, he had a really great job and then immigrant experience come here. Can't have that same type of job, obviously. Um, So he's super smart, but very serious. And that he kind of reminded me of like what my uncle would be like, because I know like that he would that they would have fun with him because like not that he would let them ride around like, no, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, he was like their chauffeur (laughs) and he'd just like make jokes and like a chauffeur. He'd make jokes and they really respected him and looked Aww. up to him. So it was it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, so okay, maybe that wasn't so crazy. Because I mean, I guess you're right. Like no. with really, really wealthy kids, those are probably people they in their lives that they connect with. You know, yes. even sometimes not all the time, um, more so than like their parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if they're the ones around, it's like exactly all that. Okay, well, maybe Mason really liked playing Cowboys. And uh, yeah, I so I was like, Oh, Mason, <laughs> you know, I have a, I have a soft 
uh, for butlers, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. So this dinner comes, everyone's sitting around the dinner table. They're like, having this banter about Shakespeare. That's just like, so Uh, ridiculous. I'm like, oh, (laughs) now I see where she gets it from. (laughs) And Ken's just sitting there kind of trying to like, He's trying to hang on. He's like white knuckling it big time in this, this dinner. And there's this great moment where he talks about they brought out trout and he's looking at the trout and he's like, the trout was marinated in fresh herbs and grilled to perfection. The head was still attached. And to Ken, the fish looked embarrassed and out of place. I know how you feel, buddy. Ken thought to himself. <laughs> totally. I mean, you've been there too, right? Yes. When you go to a dinner and you're like, what am I doing here? Yes. <laughs> Like, and, like the trout just like oh. Oh. totally like buddy i know what you mean <laughs> and another thing that happens at this dinner is before they have dinner suzanne tells ken like how about you not say that you're into football like don't bring that up which oh boy that's not, <laughs> not a great sign that, that definitely was when i started like my my hope for her started to go downhill totally. I'm like, that's like what his life revolves around dude yep Absolutely. Absolutely. And then like, there's these comments uh, at dinner where the dad talks about how schools like have spent too much time on athletics. And he says, it's as if they think their only purpose is to produce more stupid athletes. Yeah. It's rough. Oh my God, how uncomfortable. Yeah. But once again, it's like after that dinner, there's all this stuff. And then Suzanne like gives him a kiss goodbye. And he's like, oh, everything is perfect. (laughs) Under the After spell. they just like berated, not directly to him, but berated athletes in yeah. general. And it's just like, oh, man. Yeah. So that night, Ken's trying to write. Nothing is happening. There's a great, I love, this is another great relatable moment. He's trying to write and he's like, the room's too quiet. And then he like, then the typewriter is too loud. And then he's like, oh, I, I have a math assignment. I should do that first. Like, I totally related to that, like, r- rationalizing the procrastination. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. I don't know about you, but I was like such a professional procrastinator that like those incidents, those incidents were like giving me anxiety because it brought me back to high school and college. Same, same. Uh, yeah, I was taken back to an ex- anxious time. <laughs> Suzanne calls and she. this is when she asks him if he wants to go to a film the next night, Tuesday night, night before the paper is due. And you're just like, make the right choice. But I remember being in his shoes where you're like, the right thing would be like, no, I can't go to this film. Yes. But I would be like, yes. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, yeah, Suzanne calls and she's like, a bunch of us are going to a film tomorrow and there's a great quote or like a film can laugh to himself. Suzanne was probably the only one of his friends who said film rather than movie. And he was like, yeah, what are we going to go see? And she says the seventh seal, which have you seen those? No, I have not no, seen it either. And I actually felt stupid too, considering we both went to film school. I was like, what? These I mean, kids are like even nerdier than I am. I know. <laughs> well, you know, there's a certain kind of film student that we will get to in a little Oh, okay. <laughs> that, well, that thought, because the, yes, there is. Because I can put a lot of value on these, uh, you know, obscure movies. So just just to put it out there, I did I did w- look this up on Wikipedia. <laughs> okay, good, So good. The Seventh Seal is a Swedish, 1957 Swedish historical fantasy film written and directed by Ingmar Bergman. Set in Sweden during the Black Death, it tells the journey of a medieval knight and a game of chess he plays with the personification of death who has come to take his life. So it sounds like it's a big chess game <laughs> between this man and death. Thrill. Sounds like, like exactly what we'd be into in high school. <laughs> yeah, so they're supposed to meet up at 7.30 on Tuesday night. So he's like, okay, I got football practice. I can write a little bit after that, go to the movie, and then come home and write. This, once again, my anxiety is going through the roof right now. <laughs> But that's like your typical procrastinator rationale, it's right? So like you start is. like somehow working it in your head. You're like, oh yeah, no, this will be perfect. It so is. And then, you know, of course, the next day, Tuesday, Suzanne is like, a bunch of us are meeting for dinner at six. I told them you would want to join. And he's just, he doesn't want to say no to her. He doesn't want to disappoint her. doesn't want to, yeah. And so he's like, okay, fine. So now he's got to be somewhere at six. And then he runs into a football friend and 
they're like, oh, coach said football practice is going to go long. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm stressed out, loose. <laughs> like, come on, dude, etch some time out to write this thing. But again, I think he's he's using these things as crutches. Well, maybe not the football practice, but definitely hanging out with her. Totally, totally. Because I know I used it as a crutch for sure. Where oh. I'm like, sure, I'll go get ice cream. Yes. <laughs> like, and then no, you're just you like in your head. A paper. Yes, you're planning out these perfect chunks of time that will just like, oh, I can do it between this and this. And, th- and then it just all falls apart. Yeah. Cut to 2 a.m., Ken has been sitting in front of his computer or typewriter, sorry, typewriter for three hours. Analog baby. I was feeling. (laughs) And then this is when he starts to think about how his evening went at the movie. And this is, this is definitely my absolute favorite part of the book. When Kevin goes to the seventh seal or sorry, Ken, when Ken goes to the seventh seal, because, you know, they go to this theater and then he walks in and he says, the theater was almost empty. At first, Ken had thought it was because it was a Tuesday night, but a few minutes into the movie, Ken changed his mind. This movie was unlike anything he had ever seen. First of all, the film was in Swedish. There were subtitles, and Ken was glad about that, but the subtitles were white and usually printed over a white part of the screen, so most of the time he couldn't read them. I was like, wow, that's pretty... I was like, who made those subtitles? Put a drop shadow on those or something. <laughs> <laughs> thank you because that does happen dude. i know that's a problem <laughs> but yeah then he's like there was this character who was always running or playing chess with another character then there were all these other characters and they were also running around a lot and there was a priest who came out of nowhere and in the end all the characters went dancing it's just like you watch those movies like i've been there where you just watch a movie and you're like what what am i watching here what yeah <laughs> totally and I, I the only re- okay the only uh, director that comes to mind is like Fellini, mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean no disrespect. No disrespect. I don't. I don't even think I'm familiar with his films, to be honest. I just know that some of them are a little bit like what? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and then like this is the best. Like at the end, it's all quiet, and then everyone's just like quiet, and then they go out to dinner, and then everyone's talking about how great it was. <laughs> He's like, "Whoa, what? Right, did I miss?" <laughs> Wasn't he waiting for people to like start making fun of the movie? And then it was like, (laughs) no, opposite, opposite reaction. Oh my God. And they were such jerks. And sometimes I think I'm like, oh my God, I hope I'm not like that. You're not like that. You're not. Don't worry. (laughs) But yeah, he was just sitting there and he's, he's just like, he wasn't anything like these people. Like he just feels so outside. And then my favorite character, Mark Andrews, the film student at Sweet Valley College. Yeah, I was like, sorry, what's a college student hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers? Good point. Good point. (laughs) Noted. He probably just does it because he wants to feel like smart and important and so intelligent. And, you know, it's just, Luz, you and I went to film school. We know these people. We know these people. (laughs) It's just like everything they say is brilliant and... You know, and that's fine. But it's when they kind of look at others, you know, Mark looks at Ken and he's just like, it seems you're bored by all of this. And, and you know, he's just like kind of really laying into Ken a little bit. And, you know, and it's also just like the clash of not cultures because it's not culture. What is it like? Uh, he, you know, how Ken is a football player and they're more into the arts. It's yes. a clash. And yes. I guess... um you know, you would always think that like the artsy kids are like the ones that get made fun of, but it's all about like impacts, you know, uh, power in numbers. So like when they're in a big crew, they have this power to be kind of a jerk to the jock who like in any other circumstance, probably not. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Because Ken's trying, he's like, which one was Ingrid Bergman? And then it was like record scratch. (laughs) I read it too, by the way. <laughs> and then, yeah, Suzanne says... Kudos to him for knowing Ingrid Berman, I by know. the way. Good point. Good. What, what, like, you know, high school football quarterback would know Ingrid Bergman? Thank you. Yeah, so Suzanne's like, it's Igmar Bergman. And then, yeah, it's... And then, and I also love this part where Ken says, it's always hard to keep up with movies. There are so many good ones. And then Mark looks at him and 
He's like, I don't know what films you've been seeing, he said dryly. Personally, I haven't seen a film made in the last five years that was worth talking about. I'm like, that is so relatable, too. Oh, my God. But but yes, I know people that talk like that. Where it's like the only valuable stuff is the old stuff, you know, and there's no value in the modern. It's not as good. It's not as valued. It's yes. I, Until the new is old. Exactly. And all of a sudden, yes, 100%. So, so Ken's, you know, 2 a.m. It's been three hours and sitting there. And he, just, he just can't think of anything. He's in a bad place. Yeah. It's, it's the- and, and what do you do? When I'm in a super bad place, at least back in the day, I, I would just get paralyzed. Yes, exactly. And I, I, yes. So, and I know so many people that go through this when they're so stressed out, they just like stop. Yeah, like you can't even calm your brain down to even think. So it's like, yeah, like how is he supposed to think of something when he's so freaked out about everything? And There's so, a lot on this poor guy's Like I never yes. thought I'd say that about a jock, but I felt bad for this guy. Really humanized. This book humanized jocks for me. Yes, it's very pro-jock. <laughs> it's a pro-jock, pro-jock. book. <laughs> and so Ken is desperate and with desperation comes really desperate actions desperate actions and so he basically he's like okay i got this great story okay i'm just gonna change the cover page and turn in this story all he had to do was take off elizabeth's name turn it in and then he says no one would ever know that ken hadn't written the story i was like this plan he's not thinking clearly ken it's like 2 a.m think (laughs) where you where you start justifying irrational (laughs) actions where you're like no one will know. What did he say? He's like, oh, she doesn't even want to share this story with the world. Yes. Like, we'll just be seen by one, by my teacher. Yes. Like, it's fine. And, you know, if you start hearing it out loud, you're like, okay, that doesn't sound that crazy. Right. <laughs> exactly. You can justify pretty much anything if you think about it. Enough. That's a pretty, you're right. You are right about that. Yeah. So, I mean, he knows in his heart, you know, it talks about the next day he wakes up and he's like, it was a beautiful day in Sweet Valley. The sun was shining. But as he picked up the folder containing Elizabeth's story, Ken felt worse than he had ever felt in his life. So, yeah, he he knows, but he's just he's desperate. You know, I feel I do. It's tough. I mean, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, how many times have we done something that's like not right? And, And you and you still like follow through with it and man the writer really captured like the weight of the world on him as he's doing this action right yes and i mean i feel like we've all been there we've all we've like we have all done something shitty right yes absolutely yeah and you know that i know and like just elizabeth comes up to him the next day and she's so nice she's like ken i'm so proud of you like what's your story about and he's like i don't want to talk about it you know, and she's like, oh, I totally get that, you know, in the same way. And um, but can you, you know, that's my only copy. Can I come over and get it? And he's just like, oh, I left it at home. And, and that's where I'm just like, oh, he is just screwed. He is so screwed. And a part of me was like, OK, I hope he just doesn't follow through with this. Or like at that moment, like I just kept hoping that he. Yeah. Wouldn't actually. <laughs> I know. But he does. And uh you know, and it's just like, okay, okay. But then we yeah. get to the next day. Elizabeth is at getting the, the, the paper ready for the centennial issue at the Oracle. And the editor-in-chief comes in and she's like, stop, stop. Stop the press. Stop, stop literally press. stop the presses. <laughs> I've got the most fantastic feature for the centennial issue. And apparently Mr. Collins had brought it in and is like, I think this would be great. It's a story that's related to the theme of Sweet Valley and how wonderful it is. And it's Ken Matthews' story. And Elizabeth is like, she's so happy for Ken. <laughs> this is so brutal. Of course she is. She's like such a sweetheart. And she's, she's like, are like we sh- oh my God. I know. I was like, this is so brutal. It's like, oh, are, we, are you sure we should read it? Like, he's really private about it. I don't think we should print it without letting him know. And she said something like, she was so thrilled for him. Now, not only because he had written a good paper and gotten to stay on the team, but also because she knew he had proved something to himself. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. 
this is so brutal. I, this is so painful, right? This You're just is reading so, this. I'm like, I was like sweating throughout <laughs> these chapters. I'm like, oh, God. And so then like, yeah, of course she gets the paper and it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he literally stole the entire story. Yeah. Like, and at first she's like, oh, maybe it's going to be printed. <laughs> Where she's like, oh, maybe it was a mistake. Maybe it actually gotten hit. But like the title page had been changed. <laughs> like, and did, it wasn't like a different font yes. too, like than the original one. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, this was purposeful. And I'm curious about what you think about her next steps. Because the first thing they had like a staff meeting right after that. And, and she comes in and, you know, she kind of tries to to stall them. She's like, oh, I don't know if we can print fiction. We don't do that. And they're like, no, this is an exception. And it says she knew she couldn't tell them the truth, not, not without talking to Ken first. This was a serious offense. It would probably mean a failing, mean failing English and getting kicked off the team and possibly even being suspended. I don't know. Like, part of me, I was just like so mad at Ken at this point. But I was just like, no, turn him in. Like, this is not okay. <laughs> That that is exactly what I well no I thought like okay I definitely think she's going about it the right and the mature way yeah right it was like mature have more, a more mature than my with him, right <laughs> but internally I was like that's bullshit just like call his ass out sorry yes. for any curse words no you're fine that's exactly how I feel felt so she does confront him and he 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 admits it right away he knows like she comes to the locker room he walks out and he's just like you know don't you and she's like. Uh, yeah. Hello. So he's like, well, like my plan was I was going to turn it in and then play the game. And then after the game, I was going to confess, which I was like, oh, my, OK, whatever. And then she's like, oh, no, there's a problem. <laughs> she's like, This is going to be in the paper. <laughs> and what did he think the consequence would be of plagiarizing? Like, oh, you'll come you'll you'll confess after the game. OK, right. It's just like, <laughs> what, what the? plan is that right and no plan <laughs> no plan and so he you know after this conversation I think he knows he needs to do something and Elizabeth is kind of like yeah you need to do something but he really doesn't or he he has a solution but it takes until Elizabeth is about to go print the story until he actually comes up to her because Elizabeth is like she's got the story she's going to go to the printers with the with the issue and she says Elizabeth had no choice but to let the Oracle print it, although it would forever color how she felt about Ken. I was like, wow, girl, like you're going to go through with this? Yeah. So maybe I'm a little bit, um, my mind's a little foggy. Please. What was, he said he would come up with a plan and he just didn't well, until he, the last minute? He, I think he knew what he wanted to do, which is to okay. write this story for the Oracle. Yeah. So he does catch Elizabeth as she's walking out of the okay. office. So he had that plan, yeah. but Elizabeth was thinking that he would have told Mr. Collins or something earlier. And so she was kind of waiting for something to happen. Nothing was happening until it, he, he found her right before she, which was cutting it close. I'm sorry, Ken. That, she's a, she's a big woman. Like, yes. I would not let it cut that close. No. Like, the whole school would have known about this by now. Absolutely. <laughs> I was just like, wow. So he writes this story or he's like, you should print this instead. And, and she's like, okay. She reads it. She's like, this is so brave. This story. We don't know what it is yet, but she's like, okay, I'm going to print this, which I thought that was pretty bold too. It's like, all right, we're just going to print it, not even consult with anyone else. They're just, you know, print it at the last minute and yeah. <laughs> surprise. That would not fly nowadays. Centennial. Like, we need to vet it. Yeah, we need to vet this. <laughs> so cut to the day of the centennial. Oracle's out. Ken's story's on the front page. It's called Offsides. It's a supposedly a fiction story about a kid who stole a paper and plagiarize this paper. Okay. So the buzz around Sweet Valley was that this was a true story about Ken that he had written. But the thing is, is like Jessica brings it up to Elizabeth and Elizabeth says like, just because someone writes something that sounds true doesn't mean it has to be for real. I mean, lots of people who write mysteries aren't private investigators. So in a way I feel like, Ken is still 
hiding behind this fiction story. But I guess at the same time, it's going to be obvious to the powers that be, like Mr. Collins, that has have seen his original story, that this is... Okay, so ultimately, yeah, I'm talking myself through this, like... <laughs> <laughs> totally it's it's loosely based on him maybe that's what it is i don't maybe i it, is it i don't think it was word for word no like what happened yes so it's just like or inspired by the event yes of my stealing a paper yes but it was definitely <laughs> enough to trigger mr collins and the principal to be like ken you need to come to the office oh for sure yeah for sure yes and so they basically ask him is this real and he admits it he said yes mm-hmm. he said it's real like i stole the paper and he does get off pretty scot-free here Oh, my God. I was just going to say I w- that really pissed me off. Okay. Because I was did- like, this is white male privilege <laughs> yes. at the core. You literally just stole someone's paper. Yes. yes. Turned it in as your own and you get a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Okay. After, they- that was like your second chance already. Yes. I really blew it, dude. As much as like, I empathize with like. <laughs> I'm so passionate. My headphone fell off. <laughs> as much as it, my earbud, uh, as much as you know, I empathize with like the stress and everything. Like at the end of the day, like where's the accountability? Hundred percent. This is a major eye rolls as I was reading this this paper, where they're just like, we're so impressed that you came forward and admitted your mistake in this manner, and we're happy that you realized by yourself that a thing like stealing a paper was wrong. It's like. Wait, what? Like, he didn't admit anything. He wrote a fake story in the, or he wrote like a fiction, quote unquote, story in the paper. And like, they caught, they brought him into the office. They're like, we want to talk to you. It wasn't like he went in and confessed. I was just like, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Oh, that really definitely, like, I was like, damn it. I know. So basically, yeah, they say, like, oh, this paper that you wrote in the Oracle was so good. That, you know, it probably would have received an A, so we'll give it a C and uh, you can play in the game. <laughs> it, they were also, like, talking themselves into, like, this rationale of letting him play in the game, right? <laughs> like, he probably could have ended up just turning in nothing and still played in the game somehow. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So... Anyway, it was just like, oh, I roll. And then, of course, he gets confronted with Suzanne comes in the hallway and she is pissed. She's like, she's mortified. She's embarrassed. So embarrassed. Yes. Because she was so excited when she thought Ken was was this amazing writer. She like she lost her mind about it. She's oh like, my gosh, she's like, oh, you should go. What did she say? It was like, like a writing. You, she's like, you should enter this writing contest that like Yale puts on and you can like go to Yale over the summer and quit football. He's like, wait, what? <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, Suzanne, that's that's just how it works. Like <laughs> One summer, my sophomore year, and I'm going to decide to go to Yale. Yes. <laughs> it's a freaking genius. Uh, yeah, so she was so pumped. And then, yeah, she comes up and she's like, you've made me the laughing stock of the entire school. I'm so ashamed. She says, you're nothing but a common thief. Lose. Ouch. 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 So anyway, and then there's this great moment when like he walks into the football team and like the football team is all quiet and they're like looking at him and he's like, oh, they think I'm a thief. And then all of a sudden everyone starts clapping. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, gosh. Totally. Don't like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was just it was a lot. And I'm like, yeah, Elizabeth is so forgiving. I think she deserves a medal for this. uh Oh, definitely. And also, Suzanne was pretty tame with her words. Like, you're nothing but a common thief. I could have probably th- thought of a few other words to add to that. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, is there anything for you that stands out with the Sweet Valley Centennial football game and picnic? I mean, you got your classic football game scene. No, but it was definitely fun reading a football game scene. Because even in, like, the movies when they have those football games, things you're just like yeah. I don't know anything about football PS no, so when I'm either. reading it I like had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah but I can get the gist by like the uh, by the audience reaction or the, the people on the on the bleachers or whatever <laughs> those bleachers I mean you know your typical nail biter you can just picture there's this great final moment where it's like 
Ken's got tied. the ball and yeah, tied and he doesn't have anyone to throw it to. And then he has to like run forward. And then it was like, he jumps and it says like, it was as though he were flying over the mass. A second later, Ken hit the ground running. There was nothing between him and the end zone and three strides. He was over the line. You know, it's just, you just can picture it in your head. Totally. (laughs) And I don't know that much about football players or football at all, but I'm like, wait, the quarterback making that run? I mean, I I think it does. Once again, this two people who know nothing about football discussing this, uh, the Sweet Valley Palisades football game. Totally right. Like I have no room. I have I have no right to talk. But they won. Right? They won, and it was a great moment. Of course, they hoisted Ken on the shoulders, and Suzanne's at the game, and she kind of confronts Ken at the end, and is like, "I'm sorry," but then she says, "Like, oh, but let's go. We're gonna skip this picnic and do something else." I forgot what it was. Some poetry reading or something and you know she doesn't want to go to this the picnic the the big picnic that jessica was putting together and everybody was like looking forward to because there's gonna be a band and like a big celebration yeah and she like wanted him to skip that yes and then he has the mic drop moment for ken where he's like do it do it it." ready here it goes (laughs) you see suzanne History lectures bore me. Art films bore me. Your friends bore me. And if you want to know the truth, I guess you bore me too. So I hope you have a wonderful time with all your friends, Suzanne. I really do. As for me, I wouldn't miss the picnic if Shakespeare, Mark Andrews, Ingrid, and Igmar were all going to be at your house in person. Ken leaned over and kissed the stunned girl on the cheek. See you around, he said, and walked away. (laughs) Drop the mic. Mic drop, thank you. I was like, oh, this is pretty great. I was like, oh. This is pretty funny. Uh, It was amazing, actually. I I got a good chuckle out of it. Me too. I I thought that was pretty great. That was pretty great. Um, So, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, my big question, and I I feel like we kind of touched on this, was this idea of like, can opposites attract, Luz? You know, we had Ken, we had Suzanne. They were, the big thing is like, oh, they're so different from one another. What are they seeing each other? And, can you have opposite people and make a normal, not normal? Healthy? I think they can. I Okay, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. I just think in high school, it's different because yeah. we're still learning to like assert ourselves. Yes. And the whole compromise thing, like that doesn't come for another 10 years down the line, even <laughs> maybe more, right? <laughs> it's true. It's <laughs> but true. in high school, it's like very it's your feelings are so like a thousand percent that sometimes you you forget that like hey this person needs to also give it's it's a give and take thing and yep. I think like what we learned throughout our life and about relationships and still learn to this day so I do think that opposites can attract I just think that ultimately both need to you know somehow meet in the middle yeah what about you what do you think I think the same I'm yeah I think there has to be like a give and take you know it's if they're if people are willing to to give a little and yeah meet in the middle I think it can work it can work but I think if one party isn't at all like Suzanne I think that that's I don't think it's gonna work yeah yeah like I don't know if that's gonna be sustainable now what do you think about Suzanne and Ken would they have survived if they got married no you kidding me hell no oh my gosh unless Suzanne like had some major change I mean no no not even close like (laughs) they were not compatible in any way like it's just one of those things where it's like that happens in high school though I think it's just like you just you get so caught up in just a girl likes me and or a guy likes me and it, it doesn't even matter sometimes that it's just exciting you know you're just into it definitely you're so right like yeah. you talk yourself into like this love story yes. kind of like what ken was doing yes. right yeah and it yes. really just when it's in reality it, it's not there yep yep Absolutely. but it's so easy to it is oh it really is so um lose is there a lesson that you can take away from this book oh my gosh I, you know what maybe now that i have kids like yes. just kind of explain to them uh, like relationships in high school to not take them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't, I don't know. No, but that's not, good. Not to take them seriously, but just maybe like drive home that whole compromise thing. Like 
it's okay yeah. to love someone and to really, really like someone, but like make sure that they meet you halfway. Yeah. But if you have interests that they are engaged, at least try to engage. In yes. That. Yeah. Because yeah. you know that's that's important for a relationship. It you know, important. so I guess compromise yeah. for sure. And I'm sure I can take that lesson too because I can too. be pretty stubborn. I can be pretty Suzanne <laughs> if I need to be. <laughs> We all have our Suzanne in us, I'm sure. And so Minus Butler. Mason. Louise is like, Mason. That was your favorite character in the story, wasn't it? In the whole story. Mason was like a paragraph. I I love Mason. Mason was great. Um, Yeah, I think my lesson was, I really liked this idea. I mean, they really talked a lot about art and like passions in this book. And I don't know, I just like this idea that passions can and art and whatever that looks like can be found a lot of different places. And, you know, who's to say what's more revered than something else when it comes to things like that, you know, like plays and strategy in a football game because it'd be just as interesting and complex as like classic literature. I mean, yeah, it's just and I think it's cool to enjoy the fact that we have different passions. And like, that's the kind of cool thing sometimes about opposites attracting is like, if you meet someone who's a little different from you, you you get to learn about different things. And I don't know, I just think it can be really fun. Yeah, they definitely bring bring different um, points of view to the relationship. And it yeah. is fun. It's yes. definitely fun. But, yeah, I, I think that's a really good, the passion thing is it's yeah. a good call out. But, yeah. So anyway, Luz, <laughs> so, thank you so much for coming on the, the show. Seriously. Oh, this was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I, and, and I really appreciated the book. How did you... Did you just randomly pick this book? You know, I did. Or... I, yeah, it was, I wanted to, I don't know. I think I was, I was like missing you. And I was like, oh, I'm going to ask Luz. And I, yeah, sometimes I will pick them if I, uh, they seem like they'll be good for a person. But this one actually kind of turned out good because of the film thing. A hundred percent. Definitely. So sometimes that serendipitously happens where I was just like, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be that good. That was perfect. Yes. And I did it that section. I was just like smiling the whole time because I was like, yep. Yeah. Sweet Valley College <laughs> Film School. That's yes. It. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Luz. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to the Lessons from Sweet Valley podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review. This helps other people out there find the podcast. Also, please like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram to get updates and more information about episodes when they are released. Thanks again and see you next time for book 28, Alone in the Crowd, where I am joined by our first two-time guest.